Welcome to the Coffee with Kathy podcast. Take a moment to subscribe and like us on Facebook if you haven't already. You can also check out all of our books, merch, and future podcasts at coffeewithkathy.com. Now grab yourself a cup of coffee and get ready to be encouraged. Here's your host, Pastor Kathy Heitschu. Oh my goodness, today's February 18th, whatever, today's journal is so, so good. Listen, don't allow anything that isn't bearing fruit to drain energy from what is. Oh, good morning, everybody. Hey, man, good morning, all my friends. Don't allow anything, that's a word, that isn't bearing fruit to drain energy from what is bearing fruit. Stop trying to invite God into a relationship he told you to stay out of. Amen. And and that's not just uh, for a spouse relationship, you know, your boyfriend, girlfriend, any relationship. Stop inviting God into a relationship he told you to stay out of. And that's a coffee with Kathy for some of you. And you don't even got to watch the rest of the broadcast. But John 15, 5, I'm the vine, you're the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Amen. The word for today is abide. I hope you got your copy, your daily devotional journal. All you got to do is comment, hash, uh, uh, hashtag. All you got to do is comment, and um, we pull winners to get our bundle package all the time. But hashtag donate any amount, and we'll put your name in for a drawing. I'm so excited to talk to you about the price of godliness. Where are all my people? Uh, let's show a hands emoji. I know what we'll do. Show a hands emoji. If you are still rocking that New Year's resolution, (laughs) I know ain't nobody going to do it. Who is? Uh, Hey, Laura, welcome. Welcome this morning. Good morning. Hope you got your cup of coffee. Hope it's strong in Jesus' name. Okay, how about a thumbs down emoji for all you that that New Year's resolution is already out the window. Amen? Y'all done quit going to the gym? Just kidding. I ain't never started. Hey, look, I'm rocking the 80s jean jacket, man. <laughs> I'm surprised my kid didn't say something to me about it because I'm like all in, I'm in all jean material, but I'm from the 80s. Amen. I was born in like 80 something. <laughs> Just kidding. Anyway, you know why so many New Year's resolutions fall? Just as we're yakking at the beginning here, you know why they fail? Why so many uh, resolutions fail? Okay, because, and this is why it's easy to go to to do a bad habit than it is to do a good habit, and here's why. The problem is, I wrote this down, we often try to change in our own strength. Amen, that's a word. Contrary to popular opinion, y'all, the power of you is not that powerful. Hmm, the power of you is not that powerful. We need God's power. Amen. So good morning to all of you. Uh, Good habits take discipline, and we're going to work on that. Amen. Most people lack discipline. Me being one of them. I am not not afraid or ashamed to tell it. I I lack discipline in many areas of my life. Hence the the, uh, uh, triple extra large jean jacket. (laughs) Just kidding. Don't drink your coffee. Don't drink coffee when I'm having coffee with Kathy Media Team. You choke on it. Amen. Welcome, Olivia. Oh, she says, oh, yes, 80s and mom jeans are back in style. Well, girl, I got to work on that then. I need to be wearing my jean jacket all the time. I pulled this out of the closet just to see if I could get a response from my children. 
Um, but so for real change, we're talking about the power of godliness, the price of godliness, the process of godliness. Amen. And so for real change, we need the work of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to teach you today. Welcome, everybody. Share this with your friend. And then share it on your timeline, share it on your page, share it on all those uh, platforms. Um, people need to hear about godliness. It's not preached that often, and uh, people need to hear about it. We can't reach deep into ourselves for lasting transformation. Trust me, I've tried. I need the work of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Oh, my sister's hashtag jean jacket. That's right, Carrie. I know you. You is from like the 60s or 50s, so I know you got a couple of jean jackets. Amen. <laughs> okay, focus where I get in trouble. <laughs> All right. Uh, for real change, concentrate, Kathy. We need the work of the Holy Spirit. When we do have the work of the Holy Spirit, then the strength, the amount of strength backing any godly decision is going to be enough to keep even, even the weakest Christian moving in the right direction. Amen. So I've been teaching you about adding to your faith. Last week we talked about self-control. I don't know why I didn't have near as many viewers on talking about self-control, but some of y'all need to go back and watch that one on self-control. But I'm talking about being intentional, being diligent. Don't give up. Don't quit. Don't stop. Adding to your faith. And um, this week, it's godliness. Next week, I'm going to talk about brotherly love, and um, I'll give you scriptures for all of it. But on the road to godliness, there's no shortcuts. Amen. Hand emoji if you recognize there are no shortcuts in life in Jesus' name. Because, uh, see, people want to go to some conference. They want to go to a retreat. They want to read a book, you know. They want to listen to a podcast. They want to just go to a counselor, listen to a message, and they just want to get zapped with godliness. It don't happen like that, right? If you want to do the hard work it takes to get the end result, you can look out in the world and see that's a true statement. And that's why so many of us are spiritually flabby. Amen? I, well, I got them rocking the jean jacket, so I can't show y'all no flab. I probably don't even have any anyway. But that's why we're so spiritually flabby, y'all. We don't want to do the hard work it takes to get the end result. It's true. Oh, you're so sweet. Sets me apart. Hello, you, Carrie. You're so sweet to me. Wait, scroll back up. Somebody put a lollipop. What's that? Oh, oh, that's you. I love my media team. I, oh, oh, that's a location marker. I thought it was a red lollipop. Go ahead, scroll down. I'm in a mood today. Hey, Dana, I'm in a mood today. Let me just tell y'all. It's that godliness. <laughs> okay, concentrate, got it. All right, the word tells us. This is true. I saw this in the Bible. I'm going to show it to y'all. Physical exercise does some good. But there's something far more worthwhile, and that's godliness, and that's why I want to talk to you about godliness. I want to talk to you about what does it look like to be godly, to live a godly life. What does it mean? How do we get there? And the foundation is faith. You learned that. So we're going to 2 Peter 1. If you have your Bible, you should have your Bible and a strong cup of coffee. Amen. And you should have your uh, uh, daily devotional journal because you can take notes in this book as... Um, Preaching and teaching, you can take notes in it, you can journal, you can diary, you can do whatever you, dear diary, whatever you want. Um, uh, but um, I got a really cute bundle, so message me, I'll tell you how you can get that. But Second Peter 1, um, 5 through 7, make every effort, same as we talked about last week, self-control, make every effort, y'all, every effort to supplement your faith with virtue, 
virtue with knowledge, knowledge with self-control, self-control with steadfastness or perseverance, and then steadfastness with godliness. We should all aspire to be godly. I want to live a godly life. I want to teach my children to live a godly life. I want to be married to a godly man. Amen? And, and, that, and I am. I'm not saying, y'all calm down. I ain't saying, like, I'm going to go get me a godly man. I got one. But as you study out the different uses of this word, pay attention to this, because you'll see it has to do, godliness has to do with devotion to God. It's living a life that is faithful. It's living a life that is dedicated. It's living a life that is morally good. And don't we all want to live that life? It, it means having the right attitude about God. Amen. We were just talking about this this morning. It's evident with the right kind of life if you have a right attitude with God. You'll have a devoted life. You'll have a life of reverence and worship. You'll stand in awe of God all the time. Amen. Of course, that results in the desire to please God in every area of our life. I want to please him in everything I do. Amen. I really do. It comes out of the way we live, the way we talk. It comes from our priorities. The godly person is a person who has centered their life completely around God. I'm going to teach you today. It's going to be good. It's the picture you have in Psalm 16, 8. Psalm 16, 8. Flip over there. Hold your finger in 2 Peter where David says, I have set the Lord always before me. Amen. I have set the Lord always before me. That's godliness. That's what we're going to learn about today. That's a God-centered life. It's a great life. Amen. It's a God-driven life. I'm driven by God and the things of God and kingdom work. I don't know if you're familiar with this Latin phrase. You shouldn't be because you don't speak Latin. Amen. And I don't know where they speak Latin at. What country do they speak Latin? Huh? Oh, she's not in the media. Okay, who knows where they speak Latin? Because, I mean, you know, I'm a country here, but you can't take the country girl out the country. My sister probably... <laughs> knows I laugh just thinking about that no she don't there ain't no way she knows it's, tell me tell me first who who knows where they speak Latin but listen pay attention Kathy I'm in a mood y'all I ain't had enough coffee it's the Latin phrase quorum Deo the word quorum is the Latin word for face and Deo is the Latin word for God we, it's going to be really weird if there's like a country called Lat, Latin, Latino or something. They speak Latin there. I don't know. I'm going to be really dumb. I, oh, Roman Catholics. Okay, thank you, Lord. Oh, it ain't Italy. Is it Italy? No, Carrie, you're just making stuff up. Could have been making stuff up our whole life. Listen, the word is Latin for face and God. So it's like this, living your life, quorum Deo. I'm speaking Latin. See, I'll teach y'all stuff. Y'all don't even know what you're going to learn when you turn on coffee with Kathy. I might teach you Spanish. I might teach you Latin. I mean, you know, she walk around today, quorum Deo. It's living your life before the face of God. Amen. Living your life before the face of God. And I like something that uh, a, a writer said here about living Coram Dio. What'd she say? But you believed it. I did believe it, Carrie. It's probably not Italy. Y'all don't pay any attention to what she writes. It might be wrong. It, oh, I stand corrected, Carrie Ann. I stand corrected. Google said it is Italy. They speak Latin in Italy. And I was in Italy, so I don't understand. Wait, wait, no, I was in France. I forgot where Paris was. My bad. 
It's fine. I like what this author said. We don't segment our lives, giving some time to God, some time to our business, some time to our schooling, while keeping other parts to ourselves. He said the idea is to live all of our life in the presence of God, under the authority of God, and for the honor and glory of God. Amen? That's what Christian life is all about. What a great statement, he said. I don't live my life in segments. And that description seems very different from what we see many Christians living. Oh, that's why the Lord gave you me. <laughs> okay, calm down. Calm down, Carrie. Carrie Karen, calm down. Uh, I know. But you know how it is. On one hand, you have the segment of your life. You have your Christian life, your spirituality, your religious self, your, um, your church life. You have that life, you know, and God's in that. And then on the other hand, you have your work life and your family life and your me time and my private time and all my recreation and hobbies. We have all of these categories, and we make the Lord one of the categories, one of the segments, the author said. We, we make God as a segment, right? He's a category. But with godliness, that means there is no categories. There's no categories when we're talking about godliness, amen? It's just a life living all, it's just living all of life. It says whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, the Bible says, for the glory of God, do it for the glory of God. Do it in the presence of God, amen? Peter tells us in these verses what the process is. It starts with faith. We've been learning about this. Peter said, and on your faith you build virtue, then you build knowledge, self-control, and out of those qualities will flow godliness, right? See, we want to jump to godliness and bypass all of those things. We want to bypass knowledge and self-control and, and patience and dedication. Like We want to bypass all that, and we just want to jump right into godliness. And don't even get me started on having self-control. You know you can't skip self-control. Right? I, I might not be able to eat that third piece of dessert, Kathy, because I want to. We don't want self-control and we don't want the commitment. Just let me be godly. I just want to go straight to 500, Alex. Godliness for 500. Right? But I can't skip over the first qualities that Peter gave us in this list and go right to godliness. Amen? Yes, hashtag Kathy said it. You are right. Oh. It's fine. Now, I want to talk to you just a minute about the process of godliness, the price of godliness. That was the title of the message. So here we go. In 1 Timothy 4, 7, Paul said to his son in the faith, Timothy, he said, train yourself for godliness. Now, your translation may say exercise. It might say discipline yourself for godliness. Train yourself for godliness. In fact, the Greek word... Bet y'all didn't know he was going there today. Ooh, Latin and Greek. <laughs> Slap yourself, honey child. Some of your, oh, wait, wait. The Greek says that word translated train yourself for godliness is the word from which we get our English word gymnasium. Now, I know some of y'all ain't even know about no gymnasium, amen? Because I'll just tell y'all, I, I was a straight-A student all the way through school. I graduated fourth in my class. Amen. Is my husband on the line? Okay, good. Well, <sighs> anyway, but the one class I couldn't stand, P.E. Amen. Gym class. Ugh. Hated it. Right? 
It's called coffee with Kathy, not cardio with Kathy. But Paul is giving us a word picture here of a place where you go to train your body. That's where we get the same word, right? A place you go to get physically fit. You go to the gym. You go to work out. You go to exercise, that E word. We try not to say that in my house. <laughs> I train my children don't say that. Yeah, cough, cough is right, girl. You go to exercise, to discipline. You go to sweat. Ugh. Come on. It means pressing through the pain. It means enduring. What a great word picture. And it doesn't mean just going one time. It doesn't mean just one workout session of training yourself for godliness. It's going back again and again and again and building up those muscles, building up your endurance. Listen, this is the truth. I, I walked up a flight of stairs, y'all, and thought I was going to die. I'm not even kidding. I need to work on my endurance. Amen. Just a flight of stairs. Whew. I was, hmm. <sighs> anyway. Moving right along. Let's talk about that. Uh, he, he says, that's what you have to do if you want to be godly. You got to keep going to God's gymnasium. Keep exercising. Keep training. See, we want godliness to just happen. Just like weight loss. We want it to just happen. We want to go to the gym or climb one flight of stairs and be like, oh, I'm so much skinnier. Although, just so y'all know, after I did that, I was a little bit down in the weight. Amen? I walked one flight of stairs, and I am pretty sure I sweat and breathed enough that I was down at least a, a pound or something, right? Glory. I do have to take care of his vessel. The main Here's the thing about that, though, Laura, is I be thinking that his vessel looked pretty good at this, at this weight. I'm like, this vessel looks good. I should reward this vessel. That's the problem. I want to reward the vessel a lot. Anyway, we want godliness to just happen. But uh, we don't want us to develop um, uh, spiritual muscles without building them. Nobody wants to do that. Not one person, nearly one person on the line wants to go to the gym, except maybe my friend Carly. So uh, now she's on the line, I can't say it anymore. But nobody wants to go to the gym. Nobody gets up and says, oh, I can't wait to get to the gym. But except Carly, she probably does. But anyway, we don't develop spiritual muscles without building them. Listen, godliness requires constant vigilance, constant diligence, working out spiritually, right? Serious, purposeful, continual training. And sometimes you won't feel like you're making progress, but you got to keep training. You got to keep doing it. Training for the purpose of godliness, knowing that ultimately you will see the fruit and you will reap the benefits. The Bible is true. You will reap what you sow. It's true. If you sow, you will reap whatever it is in your life. If you keep eating them Dunkin' Donuts, you're going to reap Dunkin' Donuts. Amen? One on each side of your hips. That was free, y'all. That was a freebie, Kathy, uh, a Coffee with Kathy freebie. I mean, they go great with coffee, so no judgment. I'm just saying. Good morning, James. Oh, I'm so glad to see you and Mary on the line. Good morning. I love all y'all. So, how do you do it spiritually? Well, you're doing it all the time. Believe it or not, you're training yourself all the time. You're either training yourself for godliness or you're training yourself for ungodliness. It's one of two things. You're already doing it, right? 
It's the stuff you read. It's the music you listen to. It's the places you go, the friends you hang out with. It's what you do with your free time, right? Are those things helping you move towards greater godliness, right? Can you say that everything I do is moving me toward greater godliness? Are you, or do you devote large, excessive amounts of time in your day to recreation or hobbies or, or um, TV or, or watching uh, um, mindless um, YouTube? Listen, or gaming even. I got off on YouTube one time. It was a mistake. Somebody sent me a song to listen to, so I did. And then the next thing come up, and then the next thing, and I'm listening to this Christian song, worship song. Man, it was so powerful. It was so good. And then all of a sudden, I was learning how to uh, pull grass out of concrete, a middle of a concrete slab, pull grass. Like, how? How does that even grow there? Like, seriously, how do you just walk in a, in a parking lot full of asphalt and there'll be a blade of grass growing in a crack? But um, you could ask, uh, you could Google that stuff. There is, everything's on there. But listen, are they helping you move toward godliness? Are you devoting large amount of your times to these things? Because don't expect to progress in godliness if that's what you're doing. Because listen, when I have free time, I have a choice. I have a choice with everything I do with my day, from the beginning of my day to the end of my day. I have a choice. And you say, does that mean you have to read your Bible every waking hour? No, but it does need mean that I need to make choices uh, for input, right, into my mind and my heart and my life. I have to make choices that will push me to godliness. I have to make choices to train myself to live a godly life. It's important. All right, things like that, uh, like just things like thinking pure thoughts. Taking every thought captive will help you live a godly life, right? Things uh, will direct my way of thinking Godward. That's what I need to think on and concentrate on. Kingdom-minded things, amen. I need to be doing kingdom activities. That's what I like to call it. And you say, well, that takes a lot of effort. Yes, going to the gym takes a lot of effort, right? Going to God's gym takes effort. It's true, but there's a promise that comes when you pursue godliness. Are you ready for the promise? 1 Timothy 4, 7, it says, Train yourself for godliness, for while bodily training is of some value. I told y'all I'd get to that scripture. Physical exercise has some value, y'all. So calm down, all you gym buffs, okay? The old King James says, um, Bodily exercise profiteth little. I shouldn't have called King James old, but he'd be old now. But listen, bodily exercise profited little. Now, my husband says, Kathy, at least it profits little. But he ain't on the line, so we don't care what he has to say today. Paul goes on to say, look at this, verse 8, while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. Okay, so physical exercise has some profit, but it's only for the here and now. Check this out. The exercising godliness has a promise of profit later in this life and later. This is so good. And not only for your body, y'all, but for your soul and your mind and your spirit, your emotions. Godliness will profit you in every area of your life. Isn't that good? And not only just this life, but the life to come. It's going to profit you in the life to come. 
It's worth it to go to the spiritual gym and get conditioned. It's worth it to go to the spiritual gym and get trained up. It's worth it to develop endurance. It's worth it to develop godliness. And here's some questions for you to think about. Is your heart focused and leaning toward things that are godly? Are you truly dependent on God? Is your heart devoted to God? Is your life God-centered? Ask yourself these questions. Is he what you think about day in, day out? You dwell on him. You seek after. Good morning, Mona. I'm glad you're here. Is the critical positioning of your life heavenward? Do you think earthly things that are just temporal? Or do you think heaven? Are you constantly thinking heavenly things? Right? Eternal things. Are you training to be godly? Are you exercising yourself, disciplining yourself to be godly, to live a godly life? And I would ask you, how are you doing? How are you doing at it? What are you doing to get better at it? Right? Well, you're listening to me today, right? You're sharing the broadcast with other people who need to hear about godliness. And, and, and the Lord will deal with you. You can ask him to show you ways that you can uh, be godly, uh, handle this situation godly, talk godly, act and walk godly, right? But it comes with a price. I get it. It comes with training, I need Jesus for godliness. I need Jesus to go to McDonald's drive-thru. I need Jesus to go to Walmart, although I try to never go in there again because I think, you know, it's just the, you know, whatever. But I try not to go anywhere ever if I can help it. But Jesus didn't beat around the bush about the urgency in which we need him. Look at John 15, 5. I like Jesus. Listen, I mean, I love Jesus, obviously, but I really like him because he didn't beat around the bush about things. Right? And I don't either. John 15, 5, he gets straight to the point. I love it. And you're going to love it too. Yes, Laura, I need him all day. Amen. I mean, I needed him more when I had, you know, six kids living at home. But, I mean, you know, I still need him just as much because <clears throat> they all grown. They're not off the, they're not off the uh, payroll, the, the pocketbook yet. But let's all pray together. Let's just take a moment of silence right now. And believe for all of my children to get out of my wallet. Amen. Thank y'all for standing with me in agreement. <coughs> they don't watch. They don't watch the uh, coffee with Kathy because you know these children are children. So, but I got something coming for them though. I got a new program going. The Lord is working working out with me, and I can't tell y'all now because somebody will steal my idea. But I'm going to reach that. I want to reach my children. Amen. Even if I had to learn to play these video games and go in and whack them all out. Okay, John, uh, John 15, 5, I am the vine. He gets right to the point. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. I like Jesus. He gets right to it. And he doesn't mean we're going to be vegetables. You know, we're not going to be able to move uh, uh, robots. We're going to walk around like robots and not be able to move a finger without his assistance. We can do lots of things without Jesus. Hmm. That's the scary part right there is that we can do a whole lot of things. Oh, wow. Not Sarah. She's the one off the pocketbook, Carrie. you got to take one of the other five. 
We can conquer the day without Jesus. We can cross things off of our to-do list without Jesus. We can work and make money and pursue our dreams and raise our kids without Jesus. We can play sports and go on vacation and watch TV. It's a big old long list, y'all. Of all the things we can do, we can even sin and um, and head down a wrong path without Jesus. We can mess up our life and struggle with bitterness and envy and jealousy and anger and lack of hope and depression, all without Jesus. Right? We can deflate our husbands and yell at our kids. We can give in to the devil. We can beat people up, not like physically, although I will throat punch a person, but that's because, you know, I grew up on the Alabama line. That's just what we do. But apart from Christ, we can bring glory to ourselves and find continuous dead ends no matter what we try to seek for satisfaction. And aren't everybody, ain't everybody trying to seek other things to satisfy them? It sounds real thrilling, don't it? No. But here's what we can't do without Jesus. This is the best part. I saved it at the end. Here's what we can't do without Jesus. I can't live holy, a holy kingdom building, satisfying, eternal, purpose-filled life without Jesus. It's impossible. You can try, but I know it won't succeed. We can't love our spouse the way God intends for us to love our spouse. We can't raise our kids in love and to love the Lord. We can't experience joy in difficult circumstances. We can't walk forward in peace. We can't, you know, we'd be getting mad at the grocery store when they limit you to two packs of bacon. That's from experience. This is for real. They'd be limiting you. Trust me, I have firsthand knowledge of this. We can try for patience apart from Jesus. But we'll fail because patience is a fruit of the Spirit, right? Along with self-control and kindness and gentleness, faithfulness. The bottom line is this. We need God to exhibit godly characteristics on any consistent basis. Our flesh will get the best of us if we don't practice godliness. Live a godly life. Galatians 5.17, For the desires of my flesh, the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. The desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. Galatians 5.17. We should all have that on the refrigerator. Post-it note, put that on your refrigerator. Did you catch that? Our flesh keeps us from doing the things we want to do. Real change takes root in God. But understand this, we, we understand this, but get it. Somehow we still try to achieve godliness in our own flesh. Why do we do that? Why do we try to do that apart from God? But it's impossible to foster our best selves without the Lord. We have to pursue a better vision, y'all. It's true. We, you know, um, uh, if you're trying to do something, it's like uh, doing godliness apart from Jesus. It's like trying to make a pecan pie with no pecans. Amen? It don't work. Or pecans, depending on how far north you are, you northerners. <clears throat> so whether your goal is to eat healthier, stress less, exercise more, love people more, read your Bible, get in the Word more, you're going to need the Lord if you're going to succeed. Period. I know y'all know that. 
You know that old song, I, I Need Thee Every Hour? It's an old hymn. I mean, it's real old. It's like old as my sister. But listen, it, it says, I need thee every hour. That should be the motto of our life. She says, pecan. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> I need thee every hour. That's my, that's my new motto, right? When we pursue the Lord, he helps us pursue the right things, right? It's in Christ alone that we get the ability to put off our old self and walk in our new self. God's doing the internal work. I can't do it on my own. I can't go inside and do that stuff internally on my own. <clears throat> I know I need Jesus in all things. Amen. I need him to give us a godly desires and not be overcome by wrong desires. I need him so I can develop a habit of righteousness. Right? I want to live a life pleasing to God. I need him. And how do you get more of Jesus? Spend time in his word. You need more of Jesus? Spend more time in his word. John 1, 14. Jesus is the word made flesh. Right? You can't know Christ apart from knowing his word. And you can't follow him apart from following his word. That's the moral of all the story. If you set scripture aside, then you set Jesus aside. Right? The devil will, de will deceive you real good in making you think, well, you don't need to read your Bible. There's nothing in the Bible for you. It's just time consuming. He'll bring every distraction, every distraction. He knows firsthand the power and strength of God's eternal word. So you can be sure he's going to try to get you to not follow them or read them or, t or study and digest them, right? I'm not going to fall for his strategy. Hebrews 4.12, above all things, the Bible is living and active and sharper than any two-edged sword. Is there a sword emoji? You should put a sword emoji up right now, all y'all. Put up a sword emoji right now. His, the word is living and active and sharp. Amen. Talk about cutting people. This is where I get the idea of cutting people from. Not people, but like cutting, you know, like things. I'll be getting banned off of, what's that thing called? YouTube. <laughs> Am I on YouTube? Oh, I'm on YouTube. Just so y'all know, y'all can just go look me up. I didn't know I was on there. That's why y'all can't have Sarah. Oh, there is a sword. What? Double sword? What? This is genius. I'm going to start using this uh, sword. Right? That's good. The writer of Psalm 119 knew the power of God's word. He said in verse 92, If your law had not been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Amen. When's the last time you can say that the word of God was such a delight to you? Amen. If your word had not been my delight. Amen. I delight in reading the word. God's word is our lifeline. Right? Many New Year's resolutions have already gone by the wayside because we didn't have Christ in them, right? How about trying a different approach this time? How about putting God first by making his word your priority and then let everything else fall into line like it should, like it will? I, I never met anybody who regretted spending time with Jesus. Not one person. Is anybody out there ever, have any of you ever regretted Spending time with Jesus. I'll wait. 
Nope. I see nothing. Nope. See, I've never met anybody who regretted spending time with Jesus. It's so good. But I know many people who live in constant regret because they had a lack of regard for Jesus. I met a lot of people regrets, regrets, regrets. <clears throat> or that one tattoo, regret. What was it? Yeah, regrets. They spelled it wrong. Anyway, an excellent place is to start is start praying, right? Start seeking his strength. Start seeking counsel from the Lord. Start reading your Bible. He never intended you to live life without him. Amen. He wants to help you live a godly life. He wants to be involved. There's no better use of your time than meditating on scripture. Memorize it so you have it in your heart. It may sound redundant, but pursuing your relationship with the Lord through time and his word is always the right path. No matter what the goal is, seek him. Pursue godliness. Train yourself up to be godly. For godliness is of value in every way. We learned that. And it holds the promise for the present life and for the life to come. And, you know, uh, in my devotional journal, I lead you through the Bible an entire year. I give you the scriptures to read every day to help you read through the Bible in a year. I give you a prayer for the day. I give you a word to meditate on for the day. I give you a great little Kathy said it uh, and scripture verse to go along with Kathy said, and plenty of uh, uh, places for you to write notes. So it's been Coffee with Kathy. Uh, everybody who commented will pick somebody to win um, my book. I'll send you my book. I'm trying to get my book in the hands of everybody. Amen. Everybody needs to have a devotional journal to help them read through the Bible, to help get scripture in them every day. And I keep it short and simple and sweet because I know y'all got a lot of things to uh, do in your life. But um, uh, Sarah will show y'all how to get it. I hope you go make it a coffee drinking kind of day. Amen. I, I hate when people email me and tell me they don't drink coffee, you know. What's wrong with you? You're not living a godly life or what? Ah! Just kidding. Drink your hot tea. Drink your hot chocolate. Drink your hot water. Just go go drink something out of a coffee mug. Get my coffee mug, too. You'll love it. I love all y'all. Now, last week was self-control. Next week, it's brotherly love. So if you're not interested in love, don't tune in next week, okay? Because it's going to really convict you in Jesus' name. We're going to talk about brotherly love next week in Jesus' name. I love all y'all. Oh, we, we had a good little crowd. Look at everybody. Well, wave to me or something. Talk to me out there in, in the la-la-la. What's she saying? What for? Carrie? I ain't got time for you. Who are you? Oh, my favorite son-in-law is, hey, Mikey, what's up? <laughs> my favorite kid is on the line. I know y'all have a favorite kid. Just go ahead and type their name in the comments. You have a favorite kid? Type their name. Tell us who it is. Mine is Michael Vitalich. Amen. Oh, and the fire. Oh, yes. You put that on. Yes, amen. Uh, 50 Days of Fire coming soon. Uh, we have plenty of hotels here in Rockford, so make plans to come to some of our 50 Days or all of our 50 Days of Fire. She's going to put the promo uh, video back up for you or whatever uh, so that you'll uh, be able to watch it and get to these 50 Days of Fire. It's going to change your life. Amen. I've never even heard of somebody doing 50 Days of meetings. It's from Easter Sunday to, uh, I started to say Memorial Day. Yes, to Pentecost Sunday, 50 days in between, and we're going to have fiery services here every night, 6.30 p.m., but Sarah will show it to y'all. But uh, welcome, um, Andre. Welcome. Welcome, everybody. 
Oh, yeah, see, Carmella, this is so good. Oh, I thought Carmella was saying Mikey, too. But I was going to say, uh, she probably will say uh, Mike is her favorite child uh, of all three of her children, too. She should, because the other two don't watch my uh, broadcast, so they can't be favorites. But I love all y'all. What people, all oh, people that don't drink coffee. Okay, I got you, Carrie, right there. Carrie, listen, there's people that don't drink coffee. Just so y'all know, you will reap what you sow. <laughs> I love y'all. Bye.